Happy New Year to everybody. So glad you're here today. If you know anything about me, you may not know, uh, this is my favorite, one of my favorite sermons to do every year. I love a new year. I know it's just a thing on the calendar. It doesn't really have anything to do. I don't think God's on a calendar or anything like that. But I, I just love this time of year where you get a fresh start and refocus. And so I've always enjoyed preaching either the last message of the year or the first message of the year, or really I like to do both. Uh, and Hunter did a great job last week, and I appreciated him uh, uh, sharing and filling in. He did a great job, phenomenal. So anyway, here we go. We're talking about this year, 2024, and I'm going to be talking about knowing God more in 2024, and that rhymes, doesn't it, y'all? I spent a lot of time, spent two weeks getting that, knowing God more in 2024, that way you'll remember it, and so I am super excited about this, and so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say a word and then you're going to say whether you want less or more of it. So I'm going to say a word, so, so we'll practice together. Everybody, everybody understand what we're doing? I'm going to say a word, and then you're going to say whether you want less or more. And you don't have to explain, and this is a safe place, maybe. It's a safe place, I mean, and uh, we, won't, we, won't, we won't judge you. Uh, so let's just do a practice one. This is practice. This one doesn't count. Political commercials. Anybody want more? We got one that wants more. All right, great. <laughs> All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Traffic. Anybody want more? Anybody wake up saying, man, I just need more traffic. I just love it. I just love it. Taxes. Anybody want more taxes? Okay. Saturdays. Anybody want less? Mondays. You know what's funny? You're probably going to end up the same amount in your lifetime. You know what I'm talking about? It's one-seventh of your life, no matter which way you slice it. All right, Waffle House. Do we have a less? Do we have any less Waffle House people? All right, you need to go to East. Anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, snow. Anybody want less? We've never had any. <laughs> we never get any. I'm just kidding. It's okay. It's a safe place. It's safe. It's safe. It's really safe. Disney. I know there's some more Disney people here. Y'all are always going to. Who, who wants more Disney? Thank you. You guys shout it out. Look, be proud. Don't let these people intimidate you. Beach. Any less? We've got a couple. We've got a couple less people, I say. All right. Now, this one is super important. Okay? So. Gary's sermons. Man, you guys ought to be standing, man. You ought to be shouting. You ought to be like, man, please. Come on, man, hurt me a little bit. Anybody want less? <laughs> Not to my face. When you get in the car, <laughs> you're going, oh, man, we need less of that. All right, here's the last one. Think very carefully. God. You know, it's funny. I think that in a lot of ways we want more. And sometimes I think we wonder how to get more. And I want to spend some time talking about this series about knowing God, about how to know Him more in 2024. And at my house, uh, what I do sometimes is I'll come up with a, a, a verse that's going to be my theme for the year for me personally, uh, or a focus I'm going to have. And maybe it's a word that I, I'll have. Like a couple of years ago, it was the word victory, and it came from one of the one of the one of the Psalms where it just talked about just having a victory. And, and, and last year it was, it was life. It was John 10, 10. And so I usually take that verse and I put it somewhere where I'm going to see it a lot. 
And so last year, and some people from the church come over to my house today, uh, you're going to see where it's at. It's on my refrigerator. And if you've been to my house, it's been on my refrigerator for a while. You know why it's on the refrigerator? Because I go there a lot. We, I see it a lot. I see that a lot. And so it's on the refrigerator, John 10, 10. Well, anyway, here's, here's my verse for this year. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. My word for the year is more. I want more. I'm not just saying that. I want more, and we're going to talk about today, infinitely more than we might ask or think. And then he goes on to say, and glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. He wrote that 2,000 years ago, all generations that we're still, we're still there forever and ever. Amen. And I was doing some study on, on this, this passage, and it just he starts off, he says, glory to God, that God gets all the glory, that's all about him, that he is able, that God is able. And I think you're here today, that you know that, that, that you wouldn't be here if you least didn't think that God was able to do something like that. And it says, through his mighty power, that works within us, that God has a supernatural power that works in, in our lives. And, and we don't always feel that. We don't always believe it. But, but Paul's reminding us, he says, man, glory to God, that God has this power in your life. And then he says this, he is able to accomplish. And then he uses this word, or these two words, he says, infinitely more. And this is, this is the crazy part. I was studying this word, and this is what blew me away. That he takes this word, these two words, infinitely more, and he makes a compound word out of them. And I looked it up, and I was even telling my son Mitchell, my, my world has changed. I've got a son who's in a ministry that our world is about Greek words and messages. I know you're going, man, I don't want any part of that. But it is super cool as a dad of another guy, of a child in the ministry. And so I was talking about this word, and I said, the word is the word that he uses for infinitely or immeasurably. You know what word that is? Hyper. He says, God is able to do hyper more. And I don't mean like God's up there, he ain't spazzing out, you know, I need to do something. No, 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 hyper more. He need, he's able to do hyper more. And so I started thinking about this, this word means beyond all measure. It means to abound. It means to enlarge. It means to increase, to exceed. As a matter of fact, he's, what Paul is saying, he says, God's not able to just do a little bit more. That's where we put him in. He can do a little bit more. We'll have a little bit more. He'll do marginally more. No, no, no. He says, he's able to do infinitely more, more than you ask. Think about those words, more than you ask or you imagine. That's what God can do in your life and in my life. And that's what he wants to do in our lives, that he, he wants to do. And I, the, the word uh, hyper, this whole thing about hyperspeed, that hyperspeed is 760 miles per hour. It's five times faster than the speed of sound, that God wants to do that in your life. He wants to do more. And you know who he does that with? He does more with people who want to know him. Now, we all want more of God in our life. We want more. You're here today, and look, here's the good news. You're here on the first Sunday of the year, and, and, and I'm going to talk about this in just a second, but you're here today, but God wants to do more in your life. But he, he does more in the life of people who want to know him, not just know about him, not who are just passive about it, but the more we know God, the more he's going to do in our lives. So here's what I've got. I've got an acrostic today of the word more, just four things to do. If you want more of God in your life, and here we go. Verse is this. Make God your first priority. 
Make God your first priority. The M is make God your first priority. If you want more of God, he has to be number one. Here's, hear, hear me on this. He won't be number two. He won't be. You won't get more of God with him, number two. You won't get more of God with him, number three. You won't get more of God if he's number 10. He has to be first. It's just the way it works that, that many of us want more of God, but we don't want to put him first because we feel like it's going to cost us. And listen, there is a cost. There is a cost. But I want to give you, this is not just me saying it. This is what Jesus said. Look at Matthew 6, He says, seek first the kingdom of God above some things. Above most things, above many things. No, he says, you seek first the kingdom of God above all else of everything and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And he said, if you want God, if you want more of God, then he's got to be first. And I've told this story so many times. And if you've been here a while, I've been at East Church for 21 years. So if you've been here a while, you've heard me tell this. It is my favorite story to tell about God being first. There's a, and what happened in history there was a yacht race between the United States, France, and Great Britain. And in those days, they'd had races, and people would come around, and all the dignitaries would come around, and the queen was there, and she was watching, and, and, and they couldn't see. There was parts of the race where they couldn't see. And so they would have runners who would run and give the news of the race and come back, and they were, they're tied. The race had started. They'd run, the runners would run back and forth with the news. And so the runner came back and said, Great Britain's in the lead. United States is second, France is third. Runner came back a little bit. Great Britain is still in the lead halfway through the race. United States close second, France is third. And then the runner comes back at the three-quarter mark. The United States is pulled ahead. And then the runner comes back at the end and says, the United States has come in first by a wide margin. And the queen says, who's coming, who's coming second? And the runner said, ma'am, there is no second. The gap was so great, there wasn't a second. And here's what I want to say, that God is so great, there really is no second for him. He's always first. And you and I have to place him first in our life, make this decision that God is going to be my first priority that he's going to be the one I look to, that, that he's going to be the one that when I think about my day, when I wake up in the morning, he's the one I'm trying to please. He's the one that gets my time. He's the one that gets my talent. He's the one that gets my treasure, that he gets my heart. But Jesus also said this. He says, yes, I am the vine and you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. And then he has this phrase, this is why he has to be first. Because without him, apart from me, we can do nothing. So if you want more of God, then he's got to be your first priority. The second is this, is you have to be open to new practices, open to new practices. Uh, when I first got in the ministry, I remember the first time I did some premarital, not premarital, some postmarital counseling. Postmarital post counseling. I was a youth minister, and I was young. I was 22 years old, and this guy came to me and said, I need you to talk to my wife that we're split up, and... I'll do whatever it takes to get her back. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. So I'm a little nervous about it. So I go to his wife, and I say, I've talked to your husband. He wants, he wants y'all to get back together. He says he'll do whatever it takes. She said, that's simple. Tell him to stop drinking. I thought, okay, ain't nothing to this counseling thing right here. I didn't figure this one out. 
says, do whatever he wants. She told him what he wants. He's going, I'm, this is going to be great. So I go back to him, and I say, I've talked to your wife. Good news, she wants you back. All you got to do is you got to stop drinking. He looked at me and said, I can't do that. It's totally wasted my time. And for years, hear me on this, for years when I've done counseling with people in the church because I was in youth ministry or maybe because I was insecure, these patterns would be repeated. I would counsel with people. They would tell me they wanted help. I would tell them what to do, and they wouldn't do it. I'm telling you, this went on for years. And so finally, a while ago, I've wised up. And if you know anything about me, I can get very direct. I mean, really, I can get, I mean, just like this and nothing else. And so now when I do counseling, this is what I say. When I say, counseling's free. If you're a member of Eastridge, this is part of the deal. You get get free counseling. I know you're thinking, I'm never going to you. But this is what... (laughs) But then I say this, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. If you're not going to do what I tell you to do, then we don't need to meet. And if I meet with someone and I've given them something to do, some homework, a task to do, and we meet that second time and they say, I didn't do it, there's a one-shot grace deal. I'll give you another shot, and then after that, we're not meeting. What's the point in meeting anymore? Now, that may sound harsh. I will refer them. I will try to resource them. I will try to do whatever I can. But you know what's funny a lot of times? We're just like that. We want more of God in our life, but we don't want to do anything differently. We just want to do the same thing over and over, and we wonder what's wrong. What's wrong with me? Why, not, why don't I feel God in my life? Somebody says, hey, do this, do that, do this. No, I'm not doing any of that. I've already said I'm not doing those. This is what I do, but I want God more. I want more God in my life. And we think that God's going to do it. Here's what I want you to hear. I'm going to be very direct with you today. It's never going to work. You've got to be open to new practices. I've got to be open to new practices. I heard John Maxwell say this. He says, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. And you and I have got to get this place that when there's new practices in our life, when something new, that we're willing to do it. And that's going to be the next point, but I want to walk through this. Two scriptures right here. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Anyone who listens to my teaching and doesn't do anything about it, not so much. That word follows it. A lot of translations says practices. Anyone who listens to my teaching and practices it, that you and I have to be practicing what we're learning. We have to be doing. We've we've got to be open to new practices. There's going to be things come along that, man, we're going to be open to it. And he says that you are like a person that built their house on a rock, that we want more of God. We want God to be there in the storms of our life. Then we've got to be open to doing new things. He says, though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock. And so you and I have got to be open to start practicing some of the things we're learning and be open to new practices, new things. And then the second scripture, Paul gives us this this same command and and just a very short, he says, if we could go to the one of Paul, the next one, Jared, keep putting into practice all you learned and receive from me. Keep putting it there, that we put it into practice. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. He's saying God will be with you, but it's in the practice. It's not always just simply in the hearing. Now, we hear stuff, and we, we, we are inspired, but we've got to put it to practice. We've just simply got to put it to practice. And so for the next five weeks, here's where we're going. I want to tell you where we're going. 
We're going to have more. We're going to teach you the practice of the Word of God, of reading it daily. We're going to teach you the practice of praying and fasting. Now look at me. I could do some, some fasting. You know what I'm talking about? I got convicted about this. Listen, I did not. I'll just share it with you. I, I, I don't have a problem sharing I didn't fast at all last year. And I'm not talking about fasting, intermittent fasting, you know, to lose weight. I'm talking about what you're doing without food, social media, TV, whatever, whatever, whatever you want or like the most. And you do without that so that you can focus on God. But there's going to be more. We're going to teach you how to do it. More connecting. And we want to help you get connected. You know, Stephanie and I, I had her run some numbers about where we're at connecting-wise. Connecting is serving and groups here at Eastridge. When we talk about connecting. Man, we, we were really pleased where they're at. 67% of our people served in some capacity last year. That means 33% did not. 67 is huge. And I think it was 68% of people were involved in some sort of group, which is good. But I want to share something with you. That means there's about 33% more that need to. Is everybody with me on this? And here's, here's what, here's what I, I want to say even beyond that. I long for the day, hear me on this, where you guys are so connected that you're walking up to somebody you don't know and say, let's go to lunch tomorrow. Or let's go to lunch after church. I see you coming every week. It's just spontaneous. It's spontaneous. And, and, and we've also got the structured part where we've got groups and serving teams. But just that it's, it's just spontaneous where we're, we're so connected together because we're the, the, the church in the Scriptures is called a family. It's called a body. We're going to be looking at more generosity, just like we talked about packing the packs for herd mixing. 1,800 meals, y'all. It's phenomenal. And if there's anybody here that thinks, oh, yeah, I see where we're going. You want more money. You know me. I could care less about your money. But I'll share this with you. I think generosity is a better way to live. I'm going I'm to preach on it. I'm going to challenge you to, to live like it. And I'm going to model it myself. Because I want more of God in my life through my resources. And then finally, more sharing our faith. You know what? I want to see more baptisms. I want to see more salvations. I want to see more life change. I want, to see, I want to see more people give their faith to Christ than ever before. I want that to be the year that we are. But man, we've got to share our faith to do it, and we're going to teach you how to do it, that we simply want more. We're going to be open to new paths and not just say, no, I don't do that, and not just say, hey, this is the way I do it. I don't do anything else, but just to be open to where. These practices come to place in our life, which leads me to R, which is very close to, to the O is we respond to wherever God leads. We respond to wherever God leads. I'm going to drill down a little bit here. The scripture here comes from Mark 10, 17 through 22. It says, As Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know what he was asking? How can I have more? How can I have more? That's what he was asking. I realized I'm missing something. I need more. And so Jesus goes on to say, why do you call me good? Jesus asks, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not test." 
testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother. I'm going to stop right there, Jared. Now, how many of you would do good with that right there? I'd be like, eh, I've kind of messed up a few of those. Wouldn't you be with me on that? Now, listen to what he says. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all those commandments since I was young. This is a good guy right here. This is someone who was pretty good. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this point, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And I want to be really clear. This is not about money right here. This is about you responding wherever God leads. Because here's what's going to happen. If you want more God, guess what's going to happen? He's going to give you opportunities. Hear me on this. He's going to give you opportunities, and guess what the opportunities are going to be? Opportunities are going to be to spend more time in his word, opportunities to spend more time in prayer, opportunities are going to be spend more time being connected, opportunities are going to be spend more time being generous, opportunities are going to be spend more time sharing your faith. He's going to give you those opportunities. He's going to give them to you. And you and I have to respond wherever he leads, wherever he leads, that we're going to respond. My answer is going to be yes. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but the answer is going to be yes. It's funny, uh, this week, uh, Hunter Ott asked me, said, he said, hey, can you go to lunch on Tuesday? I said, I don't have my calendar with me. Guess what? I'm saying yes. You know why? I like to go to lunch, don't y'all? That ought to be our answer to the God every time. Yes, because I like what you got for me. I like what you have for me. That we're going to respond we're going to respond. See, God wants you to have more of his presence. He wants you to have more of his power. He wants you to have more of his blessing. He wants you to have more of his plan. He wants you to have more of his purpose. If you want to know here and hear anything today, listen to me. God wants you to have more. Wherever you're at right now, he wants you to have more of him, more of everything he has to offer you. He wants you to have more. The question is, are you going to respond to where he leads? Too many times we just simply say, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. You and I must go where he leads. We must do what he says. We must believe in his will, and we must accept his forgiveness and move forward. Then if we do those things, then, man, we are going to have a great year. So let me ask you this question. Where's God calling you right now to respond? Where have you been fighting him? If you're like me, I'm pretty good at fighting him at things. You ever do that? I don't know about that one. You ever do that? Uh, I might do that. I, 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 I need to study on that a little bit. I need to pray about it. You, that's a really good code word for I'm not doing it, isn't it? I need to pray about it. Nope. What if I could change your thoughts on it for a second? What if it was yes? That if you felt like God was calling you to do it, your answer was yes, wherever he led you. Wherever he led. I'm always telling stories about my kids because I've run out of stories about me. But I'm watching my son young in his faith, Mitchell, young in the ministry. He's telling me a story about being at uh, Family Dollar this week. He was talking to this woman. She 
says, you know, she's just talking to him. She, he's buying these, these little plaques or something. I don't even know what it was. She said, what are you buying those for? He said, well, I'm a youth minister. She said, you're a youth minister? Said, yeah, right down the road here. It's in Snellville. She said, I run a nursing home. She said, why don't you come over there with me right now? Right now? She said, yeah, come over there with me. Come meet everybody. And she was like, ah. She said, no, just come, just come. And she said, he felt like in his heart. I mean, if you know him, he's, it's just the way he's wired. And so he goes over there. Listen, you're going to die. Goes over there. She walks him in, introduces him to all the staff, introduces him to the residents. She looks at the residents and says, this is Mitchell. He's a youth minister. He's going to be coming over here and visiting you guys once a week. <laughs> Sharing a word with you. That's what she says. You know what he said? I got a word today for you. Preach to him. Preach to him on the spot. Look, that's what I want to be, y'all. That's what I want to be. And I know we go, oh, it's crazy. It works when you're young. No, it works all the time. It works when you're young and when you're old. It works if you're the first day here. It works if you've been here the whole time. That you respond to where God leads, and guess what? He's going to work through you. He's going to do things more than, listen to me, than you can ask or imagine. You're thinking, we think too small. We think, we just think too small that he's going to do marginally or he's going to do a little bit. No, no, no. He wants to do amazing things through us. But man, we've got to, we've got to respond to wherever he leads. That if he says, hey, go, we're going to go. If he says, go here, we're going to go there. If he says, stop, we're going to stop. We're just simply going to respond to wherever we think God leads. I was thinking about Hunter Holbrook who left and, and went to Colorado. That he went to Colorado without a job feeling that God had called him to go there. Now, this seems like foolishness. Do you know what I thought? Man, what a step of faith. And you know what? He's young enough that it's not going to ruin his life and, and anything like that. But, but even if he was older, that he would, if someone were to trust God and say, I'm packing it up, I'm going, I feel like God's called me there. I think about my daughter, Meredith, who said, I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Texas. I feel like God's called me. And watching her dad wrestle going, this is crazy. This is crazy. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I see her come home every break she has and just tell me all that God's doing in her life and how happy she is and how fulfilled and how much joy she has. You know why? Because God wants to do more, but he does more when we respond to where he leads. Stop saying no. Start saying yes. Start saying yes, yes, I'm in. I'll go. I'll do it. And if you say, Gary, we're going to get war out, guess what? He'll fill you up. He'll give you strength. He'll help you. I'm telling you, which leads me to the last one. Expect great things. Man, let's expect great things. Let's walk in here on Sunday. And man, I wish you'd have been here. I was thinking this when I was sitting here. It was a train wreck this morning in dress rehearsal. Like, I wish you guys, I could pull back the curtains. You guys would be going, I don't think I'm going today. And it looks rough. It was a train wreck this morning. I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't know what's. Look, it was awesome this morning because you know why? It just all came together because that's what happens. And you know what? We need to expect great things, that it's going to be great. That God's, and that doesn't mean everything in our life is going to be good. And that we're always going to be happy. But guess what? We expect great things. We expect him to work, expect him to move, that he will actually do more than we ask or imagine. Guess what's going to happen? You're most likely going to get what you expect. Because that's the way faith works. The scripture here says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. 
Man, I want us to wait expectantly, thinking, man, there's going to be more people. There's going to be more salvations. There's going to be more baptisms. That, man, I'm, I can't wait to be part of it. I can't wait to see what you do. I'm expecting. And so I'm going to ask you this question. The question I asked at the beginning. Do you want less of God or do you want more? I want you to look at this verse again. Maybe this could be your verse. Maybe you put it on your refrigerator. Maybe you make it your, 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 the screenshot on your phone. Now glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Well, here's how I want to end today. I've got four kids, and I've got three grandkids. And whenever they want me, or they want more of me, you know what they do? They reach out to me. This is going to be a little weird. There ain't no way around it. Some of you are going to be very uncomfortable. If you're a guest today, I don't do this every week, but maybe I should. So when my grandkids, my little Elliot, when she sees me, don't tell Marissa this. Sometimes she likes me more than she does Marissa. <laughs> she sticks her hands up. You know why she wants me. So we're going to sing a song. It's called I Need You. I Need You. She said, I need the Lord. I want more. And this first Sunday of the year, I'm asking you to make it a, a declaration, make a decision that you want more, and you'll do it by raising your hands. Between you and the Lord, I'm not going to be watching. I'm going to be down front. Not, it's not about that. But I'll just tell you where my hands are going to be. My hands are going to be up, both of them. I want more. I, I need more. I need more God in my life. I believe you do too. But that's between you and the Lord. And I'm not trying to manipulate or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying, man, it's the first Sunday of the year. What if we went after it this year? So, man, I'm going, I want more of him in my life, and I'm going for it. That's what I want to do. I'm praying that you come with me. I'm going to pray for us and ask you to stand. Father, Lord, I want more. I want to see more of you in my life. I want to be more like you. I want to see more of your fruit. I want to see more people come to know you. So, Lord, I pray that you would use us today in this year. That this would be a declaration for the entire year. And maybe we'll fall at times, but we'll dust ourselves and we'll get back up and say, I want more of you again. And Lord, I pray we see you do more than we ask, more than we can even imagine. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me?